Welcome to Talking Joe with Chief and Ben. I'm Chief. I'm here with my buddy Ben. We're going to be taking you the thrills and spills and the world of G.I. Joe, Real American Hero, the comic. Nice. Hey, everyone. I'm Ben. Uh, what are we doing, Chief? Reading G.I. Joe comics. Yeah, reading G.I. Joe comics. Uh, basically, as I mentioned there, uh, Real American Hero, but eventually we want to touch on it all, man. We want to go deep. We want to go IDW. We'll go... Uh, Devil's Due Press. We might even touch on that Dark Horse stuff that you've got no idea what you're in for that if we get to that. But, um, you're ambitious. You're definitely yeah, ambitious. Yeah, yeah. After Not, 150 issues, we might be sick of G.I. Joe. Who knows? Correct. Correct. No, not me. Not me. I'm still going strong. I'm still it, going strong. It, it depends. If they end well, I'll be well up for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Yeah. So basically, um, first episode here, we're going to break down issues one and two of the the original Marvel run um, from 1985, and then subsequent episodes will be doing three or four issues per episode, depending on how much there is to talk about, I guess. Yeah, it's like having homework. I like it. Yeah, yeah. But the good kind. Yeah. I'm very aware that I'm reading something from 1985. That's mental. It's got that nostalgia vibe, you, I guess. How old were you in 1985? I was four. <laughs> uh, ten. What, double figures. Double fee. But, but I didn't. You, but I didn't. I didn't. I didn't read that first issue when I was ten. That was no. that came a lot later because that's a shame because uh, you would have been <clears throat> right set for it then at ten. Yeah, I mean it's the kind of thing you know. I I wished I could go back in time and watch Empire Strikes Back again without knowing that twist. Yeah, uh, I, feel I have no like, memory of that. I felt like when I watched it the first time, I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, I couldn't even say what order I watched those in. No. Yeah, I know. You must have been. Yeah, so you you didn't go and see that. Did you see any of those films at the cinema? I think I only saw Jedi. Jedi. Yes, eighty-three. Yes, yeah, you'd have been eight. That makes yeah. sense. Um, okay, but obviously, <laughs> since since watched them hundreds of times, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't really pin down the first time I read a GI Joe comic. I was mm, maybe nineteen ninety. Yeah, so I think it would have been one of yours. Yeah, I I got the obviously in the UK no GI Joe. It was called Action Force. Yeah, uh, off, straight off the bat, yeah. I I don't really like the name Action Force. I prefer GI Joe. How do you feel? Yeah, I don't know where that actually came from because there was a uh, an old comic called Battle, and I think that transformed into Battle Action, and it was on that kind of real crappy newspaper print. Um, we're talking seventies yeah. here, um, early eighties, and because it was called Battle Action, I don't. And there were characters from GI Joe in that in stories. I don't know if yeah. that's where the action force came from, why they felt the need to differentiate from G.I. Joe. So even, we, though, even though it's effectively it is the same character, same universe, just different branding. Are we going to be reading that or what, um, what's the deal? Yeah, man, I'd like to read those action force stuff. Whether or not we re- do those at the end of the, this Marvel 155 issue run or whether we release those as bonus content or we have a break once a month and read a couple of those. Yeah, fine. I mean, No, that, what I meant was isn't, there, isn't the order of the gi joe comic isn't there like special missions which are basically some of the uk action force put into like annuals or is that is that yeah no no you're right yeah so there was there was 28 issues of special missions published by marvel us publishing as well as four yearbooks okay Uh, and then when the when the action and they're either standalone stories or at a couple of points during those special missions they actually tie in to the main storyline so there'll come a point I think it's around sort of 
60, 55, something like that, with the main series, where we're going to need to dig into issue whatever of special missions as well at the same time. So if you were reading these in America yeah. as they were coming out, would you have any idea about those? Yeah, I guess so, because I think in the... In there, there, there are in the in the standard real American hero comic, you've probably got adverts for um, other Marvel comics that are out, including special missions. And in the letters page in the back, there's probably a bit saying, you know, so how do we catch know? up with our catch up with our guys in issues of whatever special missions? Because okay. and, and again, this is another thing where we're reading from different. It's the same material, but I'm reading the original monthly floppy editions that i've had over the years you're reading the collected editions republished by idw yeah the first one i've got is published by idw the second two volumes i've got are by marvel but i think they literally just gave up marvel after doing about five so um yeah i don't know what i'm going to do for all of those special missions ones but um, Um, i I guess you know when to switch yeah i know when to switch but they might have released them in collected trades as well oh okay we'll check that out if not then comiXology is probably your friend yeah yeah just go dig go dig um but yeah i'll keep us ahead i'll keep us on board with the reading order etc um and yeah yeah, i mean touching back on one of your points you just briefly mentioned there if you were reading action force that was kind of a real that was a weekly uh marvel uk series uh around 50 issues and was a real amalgamation of stuff. So it was some bits of Real American Hero, some bits of Special Missions. There was some original UK content, um, yeah, etc. So it was, it was a weekly. real, it was a real hodgepodge, and it was weekly, yeah, because a lot of the British. But it couldn't stuff, have been weekly for very long. Uh, no, well, fifty issues of what, a year, so eighty-seven, mm. then died out in eight, end of eighty-eight. So do you, think, do you think they were ambitious going weekly? <laughs> I mean, that was always, you know, the, the, the staple of UK comics, Beano Dandy and all that kind of stuff was always weekly. Um, yeah, I guess the thing 2000 is... 2000 AD, I mean, you know, my the, the, it's tagged as the galaxy's greatest comic. It's my favourite comic of all time. And, I'd, you know, I'm on a G.I. Joe podcast, so I'm going to say G.I. Joe as well. They're kind of tied, G.I. Joe and 2000 AD. 2000 AD has been published weekly since, whatever, 1977. Still going weekly. So, I mean... I like that. I think that's great because... I think I would, like, reading these, going back, I would struggle to wait a whole month. Yeah. You know, they're not yeah. the longest things in the world, are they? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, the, the, the comic industry is in kind of a funny period because there's so many books out there and it's no longer just Marvel and DC as the big two. They're still the big two, but you've got Image, you've got IDW, you've got Dark Horse, you've got, you know, mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. smaller um, publishing houses. Aftershock are publishing out good stuff with good creative teams and... Um, you know, I've missed out loads there probably, but um, you know, a lot it's, of content. It's, it's you go into like I go into a Forbidden Planet in Leicester Square, you know, one once a month or whatever, just to have a look. And the comic section is massive, and the new comic section is, you know, they don't really do back issues, so it's all new issues, new comics, and the amount yeah. of stuff that's coming out. Because don't forget that even though they're monthly books, okay, sure that one series is monthly, but the release cycle is there's one every week yeah exactly week one week two week three week four of the month so there's probably you know close to 80 new comics coming out every week of the month yeah like if you're into the new star wars canon there's something for you to buy every single week yeah yeah exactly exactly i guess that's how they do it and there's you know massive you know 
oversaturation probably, which is why sales of, of most books to, to I, have dropped off. But Yeah, it depends how you look at it. You could either say more is better yeah. or you could say that it's lowered the um the stand you know, the yeah. standard. Anyway, we're not here to talk about that rubbish, we're here to talk about G. I. Joe. Let's do it. So um yeah. Um issue I, one. I, issue one, um I'm coming to this. I've read this quite a few times you've probably read it quite a few times i came to issue yeah. one a bit later because i actually didn't start collecting gi gi joe comics and it's not action force gi joe comics till probably 1990 91 right um, yeah maybe even 92 i think i think you know someone remember remember paul hatcher scratcher hatcher yeah. The scratcher yeah he owed me some money didn't have the cash said look here you go boom have some comics instead and there was some Captain America, some Thor, some other stuff, and um, there you accepted was, that trade. Uh, accepted that trade. There was a GI Joe in there. Boom! I'm like, what is this? I remember this. This is Action Force, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so this is pre you having any toys. This is no. I think because when the comic was coming out in '87, um, right. we I was getting the toys, and I'm guessing you probably were. No, I don't know when you were getting them, but yeah, we, you know, the toys, late eighties, late eighties. Yeah, the toys. We, I had a lot of GI Joe. You had a lot of GI. Well, Action Force. But then after they, as the toys kind of do in waves or seasons, then they yeah. renamed it. They they actually then rebranded from Action Force to GI Joe. So yeah, I knew what it was. I just you know wasn't perhaps as aware that there was a Marvel comic coming out. Um, but by that yeah. time, I don't know what it where where it was what was being published. Maybe late 90s of issue numbers wise so then i decided to buy a load of back issues and just ended up collecting the whole run in back issues yeah um, I, I, think don't know, I don't know you've only read m- m- not the whole run before maybe or even if you have only once maybe mm, i don't think i could def- i couldn't say that i've read the entire run i could definitely say i think i've read the best bits of it yeah from yeah. um from the ones that uh me and my bro borrowed off of of you yeah. So it's 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 crazy going back to these old ones. It's really interesting for me. I mean, it's really the toys informed me so much about the lore and the mythology just because of the um the profile things that were written on the back. Oh so, yeah, the file the, the almost on the back of the, the file card things on the back yeah, of the figures. Hev- like heavily detailed. Yeah. Like, I mean they well massively. they they were written by Larry Harmer, who is obviously the the series writer who wrote 100 and I'm going to say 153 of the 155 issues. Could yeah, be, could be wrong, but so when um, I, when it came to the comics, I I certainly wasn't like, what's this? I was well in two footed to the yeah. toys, so it was just really exciting. But yeah. it was it was it felt like they were difficult to get hold of. They were American. I didn't what, the, know about oh the comic comics. Shops. You mean right? Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think I was probably reading them in a crazy order. I guess, so. I, well, I guess that was back in the day as well when you know you're looking at going to a dedicated comic shop. You know, it was before. Now you can go into pretty much any bookshop and they've got trade graphic novels, haven't they? Oh, yeah, so yeah. It's become a lot more trendy now, hasn't it? So, Right, so j- um, should we... Um, yeah, let's-, let's, let's, let's crack on. So, uh, right, issue one um, was June... Uh, uh, not, no, I, I, it wasn't 1985 when it started, 1982. So got that wrong completely. 82? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I was one. I certainly wasn't reading comics. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> issue one, uh, written by Larry Harmer... Uh, penciled by Herb Trimpe, who would uh, was was more known as the creator of Wolverine, right? Uh, first appeared in issue of Incredible Hulk one eight one, 
Um, did quite a few of these G.I. Joe early issues and some special missions, um, but more known for his superhero stuff. But was a good fit as an artist here. Uh, Inca was Bob McLeod, letterer Jim Novak, colorist Glynis Wine. Um, yeah, so issue one. Um, do you think they knew what they were getting into? Do you think, how does it work? Do you think they were like, okay, we're going to commission you guys to do 12 issues well, or do you good... think they were just like okay off you go see what happens yeah i mean i guess hasbro you know had this toy line it's a toy franchise first and then we're like yeah, what can we do how can we get some more squeeze some more cash out of this comics were you know i guess pretty big in the early 80s um went to marvel and loads of people apparently turned it down writers i don't want any toy business because apparently yeah. a, a toy a comic based on a toy line lasts somewhere between 10 and 20 issues max and then yeah. sales have dropped off so bad it just gets cancelled no one wants to be on a cancelled book or anything like that so everyone turned it down Larry Harmer was I think he was just desperate for a job he's like yeah I'll do it put my name yeah. down whatever and you know he treated he, it he, he, very he, seriously though yeah yeah I mean he, he he's from the military and he kind of like right we've got these stupid looking characters well they weren't stupid looking characters in, at the point in time because they're all pretty much in green army fatigues later on you get the outlandish outfits and they'll become individual looking characters which is where um, i'm at i love all that you see oh brilliant yeah you but see i, mean, I struggle he... in this this opener with the yeah. um they all look the same yeah who's who yeah you it know. is difficult and also they haven't really taken on their sort of um archetypes no. yet no but i mean harmer he he was the one who said look i'm going to give background to all these characters because they were just characters you know it's just a guy called grunt or rock and roll and he writes those file cards on the back of the action figure packets yeah you know and it gives it fleshes them out and he's actually building that world and Hasbro said you know just I bet he had total free reign as well do what you want do what you want you know yeah okay what do you think of the cover for the for the opener cover for the opener uh it looks like the uh mo mo bat which is the gi joe tank mobile something battle armored tank something like that anyway and there's all the joes rushing towards you firing at the reader uh i, I like it i think as a first issue it's quite grabbing don't you think or not yeah no i like the um i'm a big fan of the orange kind of hue in the background yeah and um yeah you've got scarlet there i mean you've definitely got like a few individual. you've definitely got a couple of guys at stand that you've got flash Stalker on the left who's got some kind of some kind of laser gun with a blue chest plate you've got stalker on the front and you've got scarlet the other three clowns you know could be anyone i was gonna say who's the dude with the bazooka on the right uh i reckon that looks like clutch but he is like the driver, so you know the vehicle driver. But so the, the good the fact that he's got a goatee, tank driver, stealer, and then the one on the left. I don't know. I'm guessing Duke. I did like it when you'd buy a, to- a toy and it came with a, a a pilot or a driver that you could only get through the yes. toy. Quality. Big fan. Big fan. Yeah. So okay. we got. So yeah, uh, I like the tagline on the front: "The ultimate weapon of democracy." Yeah, <laughs> they come political. They're going big. Harmer, you know, he puts a lot of politics and stuff, uh, lightweight politics in the comics, and he's starting on the front page of issue one. <laughs> I guess my, my overall thoughts with this one is is when I'm reading it, it's not what I remember reading. So it feels really different. Yeah, because um, it's more, I guess it's less character driven, is it? And it's just more of a kind of, Here's the bad guys. Here's the good guys. It's kind of a secret. It's almost James Bondy in a way, kind of. Yeah. What I, What I don't like in these early ones is the way that you you always open and and you've got those two 
general guys. General the, Austin and General Flag. My favourite about that is uh, Flag's always wearing bloody sunglasses in the shades. in the Pentagon. <laughs> uh, you know, indoors wearing shades. Love it. That's classic kind of super spy. You know, covert. Yeah, so you, ops. you get the kind of that. You get that monster of the week. Okay, we best call GI Joe. Yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So I don't remember that at all. No. That so they have to they have to bring them in and they're like, okay, who's our best guys for this particular mission? Threat? Yeah, yeah. In yeah, this yeah. one, it's um, Baroness. Yeah, Baroness, which is, which is, is awesome. Baroness looks, is Baroness is kidnapped some top nuclear scientist or whatever you know and yeah who's built some super weapon by mistake oh built it by mistake they didn't give me all the plans uh, she's going to spill the beans or something like that and baroness is like we're going to capture her and, and get all this info out of her brain and yeah like you say uh hot damn who are we going to call i know gi joe yeah yeah and you know they put together i guess they basically put together all of the big hitters from the first wave of toys that i remember Yes, like you know, Stalker and Hawk, and yeah. Although no, Hawk was never a toy, was he? Yeah, and I stand corrected there. Of course, it's Duke's not even in the team yet, is it? It's Hawk. Duke comes later. Yeah. Um, but so. yeah. So Actually, then... yeah, and also on this, there's a there's there's a bit in there. There's I was saying the guy on the with the bazooka. Another mistake, probably guy on the front in the bazooka because he had a goatee. I said clutch, but also Zap has got a uh, goatee, and Zap's another one of those original 13 that one of them that kind of gets phased out quite quickly yeah like you say the big hit is scarlet hawk uh snake, snake eyes. eyes um and then obviously cobra commander and baroness on the other side yeah they, they hang around a lot you know rock and roll has a fair role breaker but you know and grunt has a little storyline but you know short fuse grand slam zap um to a certain extent yeah. stealer they don't really Get and they much. go, you know, they go straight into establishing Cobra, and you've got Cobra troopers everywhere. You've got Cobra. It's not actually Cobra Island, is it? But it no, effectively... yeah, there's, there's a there's a big base, and you know, it's got concertina wire and tank traps, and um, you know, booby traps and all this thing, and it's garrisoned of something like I don't know, six thousand troops or something ridiculous. So yeah, it's it's a big enemy base, and you're thinking, well, if they know it's there, why haven't they done anything about it before? Yeah, we'll just send in 10 Joes. Yeah, we'll send in 10 Joes. You know, they can do it. But uh, <laughs> I guess that establishes G.I. Joe as, you know, America's uh, the ultimate weapon of democracy. Yeah, let's get never, in there. Never tell them the odds. Exactly. But, but when, there's, some, there's some good Cobra action in here. And I'm, I'm just a big fan of um, troops on the ground. So I quite like these kind of, there's loads of Cobra troopers, load of land-based action. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, do, do you feel... Like Cobra's a viable threat from this first issue? Are you like, holy shit, these boys mean business. Joes are in trouble. Do you get that feeling or not? Uh, Cobra Commander kind of walks the line of... It's it's difficult to take everything I know about him yeah. and and treat this as if this was the first time I've ever re- like yeah. reading about yeah. this guy. If it was, I think he's not too clownish in this, is he? No, because really? later, later on he does... He does even though he's always in control, you, you know, possibly not always in control, but it was always the top dog, the main villain. He is treated a little bit clownish and humorous at times later on. But here it's like, shit, our, our chances, if this guy's in charge, we were in real trouble um, because he's, yeah. a, he's a criminal mastermind. You know, he's a, he's a terrorist of the high, highest order. Yeah. You know, he's, and got, they, he's, they got, he's got a James him. Bond villain base with his hostage tied up and his, his troops who, you know, you think he's going to slaughter his own troops if they don't 
you know, fulfil their mission, etc. He's he's quite villainous. Yeah, and um, Baroness is um, portrayed as a oh, she's a badass, badass, big time, proper badass. So you've got her standing by him. So yeah, I guess so. And also, all of the Cobra troops, they're not, you know, they're not just cannon fodder. I mean, yeah. So I think they're a threat. Yeah, yeah. I, think I so. mean, I, what what. From a first issue, I guess it you know it does what it needs to do. It's it's not going to win any awards. It's nothing special, but it's I don't yeah, mind it at all. It, it does fine. what it needs to do. And art wise, I think um, Trimpe is probably a good choice. It's it's not outlandishly superhero based art. It's kind of realistic in in tone. Um, action scenes are good. Um, Close ups of all the all the faces of all the characters are, are, are pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you're going to know more than this than me because you're like fully into comics. But I do find the art somewhat inconsistent in terms of like one panel, you're getting like high detail. And then, you know, the panel below it, you've got like essentially stick figures. Do you know what I mean? No, don't know what you you mean. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well i just what i mean is some like some of the panels i just think are absolutely stunning yeah to look at and others i'm not that impressed with in terms of the the art levels okay and i guess you've got the those idw collections which are you know um i guess have yeah. been retouched and and higher production so that you'd think that wouldn't be the case but no no, no. maybe well, it's I'm, highlight I'm just... maybe it's highlighting you know yeah. I'm actually just talking about the the actual art, as in yeah. the actual imagery of what I'm, you know, looking at in terms of like yeah. the Baroness feels quite inconsistent, and I think, I mean, I, I imagine the pace that they're doing these things in is insane, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, in I think of, back in the day as well, like now, you know, some of the top artists, you know, if they're on a book, they're either not doing, if they're on it for a year, they're not doing twelve issues a year. They're probably doing eight issues a year and there's filling artists or the book only ships eight times a year or they just do an arc so you know a new book will launch new justice league book or whatever and it'll advertise the creative team and that artist will just do the first three issues storyline and then yeah another artist will come in and do the second will do issues four to six then that first artist will come back and do seven to nine so it's almost like a rotating art teams because yeah because it's just not they're just not as quick back in the day you know in the 80s and 70s or whatever or even early 90s you might get some artist john romita jr he might be actually fully penciling two books a month for a whole right. um, on schedule for a whole year as well as doing covers and other stuff yeah so i think what i'm basically what i'm talking about is actually probably just a preference thing whereas yeah i i like um all of the kind of close-ups with all the hyper detail yeah and I, I i you know just my taste i don't necessarily like the you know things from far away where there's just not much there's just not yeah. much going on in the frame yeah um but yeah what, I have what, about, to say, what about the joes themselves so we said earlier n- not many of them really are establishing much character the only ones are kind of from a joe point of view snake eyes is a guy who doesn't talk but he doesn't actually get much screen time doesn't get much page time so you don't no. really know he's that much of a badass. Scarlet is a bit more badass. Uh, and Stalker, they seem to have pegged him as a bit of a joker early on. Well, which I, is a I bit out of character that, from what we know later on. Yeah, it's even out of character from this issue to the next. Yeah. To be fair, in issue two, he's basically what I remember him being. 
Yeah, I think maybe it's just think, maybe they're just establishing okay what worked, what didn't work. You yeah, know. The, uh, I think that's going to happen. Uh, they're literally making this up as they go along, aren't they? So I, there's nothing really, there's no characteristics really that I think makes them individuals yet. No, Scarlet because she's the only girl and she has an individual costume and snake eyes. Yeah, everyone yeah. else really their dialogue could be interchangeable. Yeah. I think really. Yeah. I mean, did you also, I don't know if your collection includes it, but in the back of issue one, there's a little short bonus story called Hot Potato. No, have not got Hot Potato. I worry because it's called that. No, it's good. It's good. Is it? Track it down. Yeah, yeah, track it down. Basically, it's a little, it's like a 14 or 15 page story. Um, Joe's trapped out in the desert. Um, That sounds good. Rock and roll, Scarlet, Snake Eyes have got to retrieve some tape from some dude who's buddied up with cobra head honchos um some some shake or something and uh yeah they've got to get the tape and then meanwhile stalker and a couple of other guys are back in the uh uh in the town waiting for the other team to re- retrieve the tape and bring it back to them and then okay. it cut immediately cuts bang which is quite like cuts bang the first the, all exposition first page second page boom you see scarlet rock and roll and snake eyes Loaded dead bodies around him. Scarlet's injured. She's like, "Here, rock and roll. Take this tape and get it back to the town." And he's like, "I'm not leaving you." And she's like, pulls a gun on him and seriously says, "You're leaving, and I'm shooting your ass." Um, right. And then yeah, and then it's just basically does rock and roll get the tape back to the camp, and then they all come back and rescue Scarlet. But this is another one where it really, really pegs Scarlet as a proper kick-ass, you know, uh, a heroine. She's you know she means business and yeah, I get that from. Um, second issue as well oh second issue yeah so I mean we'll come on to that but yeah also is that hot something potatoes that worth, hot potatoes worth, worth worth tracking down but I'm not going to have this hot potato every bloody week am I or? no no I think it's just no. that's just like a one off it's just a one off yeah it's just because well, the first issue was like m- most first issues they'll launch is like 48 page bonus you know double, extra page content so they just yeah. tacked on that extra one it's uh, drawn by Don Perlin by the way that one just for anyone out there who wants to know who did a lot of Defenders and Ghost Rider stuff. Um, well, when I finished this issue, uh, I could see the cover of issue two and I was like, right, this yep. is right up my alley. Yep. Also, like, also, just a quick one, there's some cracking pinups in the back of issue one, which I don't know if you've got either. Uh, got, none, got none of that. Scarlet, Breaker, uh, Flash, and a nice one of Stalker actually on a jet pack, jet pack and a little file card. So again, that's the file cards that maybe Larry Harmer was writing for the toys. Is Did that it? something that I'm going to be missing out on every week? Uh, no. No. Uh, here we go. Yep. Actually, advert also for the MOBAT, which I mentioned earlier, was on the front cover, and it stands for multi Ordnance Battle Tank. Nice. Don't know what that multi Ordnance is, but <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, so what uh, overall, how many Yojo Colas are you giving uh, issue one out of ten? Oh, I'll go six just because it's issue one. Yeah, I think six is fair. I'll go six as well. Six Yojo Colas. Six Yojo. And Yojo Colas, for those who don't know, uh, will crop up later in the run. If you don't know what G.I. Joe is, you're probably not listening to this podcast uh, unless... Someone has recommended it to you, which I hope they will, because it's going to be great. Nice. Um, well, on, on to moving on to issue two. Yeah, let's get issue two. Uh, cover. What, what are you saying about the cover? Four Joes on the cover in yeah, snow, snow. snow gear in the snow. 
at night. So uh, it's awesome. some sort of bass burning in the background. Yeah, uh, it, tag it looks on, great. Tagline on the front: An American research station annihilated. A Russian base destroyed. The GI Joe team must probe the panic at the North Pole. <laughs> the giant must probe is weird. <laughs> yeah, and why they must probe the panic? Probe. I don't know. Odd choice. Re- yeah, I mean, look, this, this is. I was pumped for this one. Yeah, and I was so like, this, this is, is uh, but it's this not. This is July nineteen eighty two, issue two. Yeah, it's selling something that isn't in the issue. Because I started off and I was like, this is exactly what I want. Yeah. And and then for me, I, I love all the setup where they basically, they go in, you know, it starts off with those two generals again. And then you find out what they're doing. So Stalker, they're like, oh, we need to get G.I. Joe. Where are they? They're on leave. But then, you know, Stalker's out somewhere hunting a massive oh, that, that, stag. Oh, that first bit is amazing. Basically, again, like you say, you've got your generals. Uh, Flag's got his sunnies on in the Pentagon. And uh, yeah, well, that first bit, yeah. So it's basically what you were mentioning maybe in the first issue. We need to assemble a crack team. Whereas here, they actually show you like a one-page breakdown of what those four team members are doing on their on their shore leave, if you will. Yeah, uh, yeah. And yeah, that stalker one's amazing. He's he's got this deer in his in his telescopic sight, and you think he's about to bag this deer. Helicopter flies in, scares the deer off. Turns out Stalker just had a camera. Oh, amateur <laughs> photographer, love it. That's so good. It's great. Also, there's a bit in it where the the people in the chopper are like, um, "General Flag has cancelled your leave," and he's like, "Yeah, I'm about to cancel your face." Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> best line in the best line in GI Joe two issues so far. Easy. <laughs> yeah, I'm about definitely. to cancel your face. Yeah, I love it. So I was thinking, this is all good, and then it goes over to Scarlet, and she's in some judo competition yeah. or something. Uh, it's a martial then, arts tournament freestyle. Yeah. And then she goes um, badass on someone. And- oh, she leaves the fight. She's in the middle of a fight. Leaves the fight mid-fight because some some no-name uh, uniform dude comes up and says, "Are you Scarlet uh, Shana O'Hara?" So there, we actually get to hear a real name there. Um, yeah. And she says, "Yeah." And he's like, "General Flag wants you. Come with me. No questions asked." She's like, "All right, cool." Uh, in the middle of a fight, and the the girl she's fighting doesn't want any of it. Tries to blindside Scarlet. And Scarlet's like, "Excuse me a second, there, dude." In the uh, in the army fatigues, turns around, flying kick, actually kicks her face off. Yeah. <laughs> there's a panel where she is flying. There's no it's, face. There's no face. Her foot is in her face. And it's just one big kind of exploding star of colour, of of of, uh, of white. Uh, and the, the, it's a thwack is the, uh, the sound yeah. it makes. And basically, she has just killed that girl. And then it cuts over to where Snake Eyes is, and he's in some Bacta tank or oh, something. Yeah, ba- isolation. <laughs> Uh, yeah, a la Empire on Hoth, and the guy's like, "My God, that face!" Yeah, yeah. But I guess we're just, you know. Well, now that's horrifically set, there. You go. That, that sets the scene. We kind of we get that we get that reason for his disfigurement in issue. I think it's twenty six or twenty seven, which is the origin of Snake Eyes. Yeah, and then we don't actually see the face until about issue ninety two. Wow. Um. They so, hold that close so to the chest. They hold that close to the chest, and he he played the long game harmer, which is you know commendable. I, I like it when someone puts those plot points in those seeds and doesn't do the quick reveal. He, you know, plays it long game. Well, yeah, you could you know shoot his bolt in like twelve issues yeah. and be like yeah. reveal. There he is. Yeah. But you know everything's going well, and I was like, okay, this is cool. They're going on some mission. They're in the plane. Yeah. Loving all of that. And Stalker is actually we know him from his kind of like black and green camo outfit with a red beret potentially 
Uh, mm. But it, do you remember they released a figure and it was about wave six or seven of figures. So it's quite a yeah. way down the line. They, revi- they, 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 they released him in kind of an Arctic thing with a, with, a, with a beanie on and a canoe. And I'm like, I do not remember seeing this ever in the comics. And bloody hell, is this the one from issue two? Basically, yeah. But yeah. I mean, you don't, you didn't have to have seen it in the comics for them to. It's just different, uh, you know, different yeah. weather gear. Yeah, that was um, a great line of toys, by the way. That one, that was when they released a load of the OG stuff. And very cool. That a lot of uh, they branched out in a lot of Vipers, didn't they? Ali Viper and Frag Viper and all those dudes. Well, yeah, that actually came a little bit after that. Was it right? But I, I remember you not being a fan of all of that. They did go on with the old Vipers. Yeah. There's a lot of I've I've uh, I'm compiling a list because uh, as you know I get quite a lot of uh, comic commissions done by artists and uh, one of them what I'm you... tempted to do is get every single get every single viper done. Yeah, heat toxic. Yeah, saw. Um, oh, he is no, infamous saw viper. Yeah, no. Oh, but did he have the tag viper? Yeah, saw viper. Yeah, they were basically like um heavy yeah. heavy gunners. S A W. He will play a big part. Yeah. In the uh, yeah. In the, uh, what is it, the 120s probably. Yeah, for sure. No spoilers. So, you know, so it's all going well. Yes. And then, you know, it gets a little bit, There's it's Russian, it's a Russian facility, isn't it? Yeah. And they're, they're, they're going there, they get there, and they see some dude walking in. And I'm just like, okay. Some stacked he's Eskimo. E- he's an Eskimo, yeah. So no sign of, no sign of Cobra. No. So no. he goes in there and then he walks out. He leaves the bloody door open. Yeah. They think that is very weird. Yeah. And what, what I kind of like, what I kind of <laughs> like is Harmer is, you know, immediately throwing in some military stuff. So they're like, you know, uh, the Joes have spotted, spotted this Eskimo, whatever. And they're like, what do you need to hunt with a 30 cal belt fed machine gun? So he's, he's not just going to say, oh, look, he's got a gun. He's actually starting to bring in lots of specific terminology. terminology. And he does that. He does that. Military background, isn't it? And once you get, you know, past these first sort of 10, 15 issues, he's pretty heavy on that every issue. I, right. li- I like the way he writes. I like the way he writes some of these scenes because he's using exposition because he's obviously trying to explain what's happening. But rather than just have clunky. Uh, exposition captions he's using the joe's kind of de- their dialogue de- de- their dialogue to debate oh what's happening down there with this de- this dude in this hut and it, it works really effectively because in one kind of page he's managed to distill lots of stuff down and then you've suddenly got intrigue you suddenly in that one page you're like right we're here to do this this guy's done something here you know yeah i felt like it worked well from their point of view not so much coming from the eskimo guy I thought there was long humps of dialogue where he was basically just telling them his plan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, he, he was, and then also he, he he doesn't kill him. He's you know they're basically like yeah. why they actually say why aren't you gonna just kill us? Yeah, and he's like you're already dead. I'm yeah. just gonna leave you I mean, you he's here. playing the role of the classic overconfident Bond villain, isn't he? Yeah, yeah I did. I did plan. not like him. No, I, I I did not like the Eskimo. But I'm a big all. big fan of Quinn. And he's gonna he's gonna recur a, a, a little bit later on as well. So, oh Jesus! What you saying? He's actual. <laughs> yeah, you can't. Yeah, remember. I, you, I, just... I don't know if you've. I know you've read number one a lot and probably number two, but yeah, uh, maybe your exposure to these early ones is has slipped from faded from your memory. But uh, yeah, he he's, he returns. Okay, well, that's fine. I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's. I just didn't like. I, I thought what I was going to be getting was 
the the joes uh you know like humping through the yeah the, the snowy kind of wastelands get into this yeah. and then there's gonna be like a fire fight and i mean this dude I don't know, they'd have to get back it just went in a, to- a direction yeah. that i was like whoa they, okay they, they, i mean this is nothing uh, actually really happened no i mean i don't know they they this this quinn dude they breaker is on the mission and he's got some backpack on which is printing out some kind of uh he's got a teleprinter your teleprinter's clacking away. General Flag must have dug up a dossier on our Eskimo. Then you find out that he's a freelance special ops enforcer. He's worked for CIA, Mossad, KGB, MI6, and other security agencies. He's an expert <laughs> tracker, hunter, woodsman, speaks English, Russian, French, Finnish, German, three Inuit dialects, expert with a rifle, pistol, longbow, harpoon, and plastic explosives. Expert with a harpoon? He's a woodsman. What, is he a whaler or something? <laughs> <laughs> well, probably actually, because he's Eskimo, yeah. It's a heck probably of a would CV. Be. Yeah, heck of a CV. Subject never lies. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, um, but you yeah, I, I'm a big fan of it, you know. And he's he's kind of leading them on a merry chase. It's kind of a cat and mouse scenario, which I thought played out really well. Um, then at the end, he's got some rendezvous to hand the tape over. I don't know if it's Cobra, he's or the whatever he's the secret files. I don't think he's handing it over to Cobra, is he? It's just some no, random. No, there's no, there's no Cobra in this one. Some random troops. Um, yeah, that bit, that bit's quite. Oh, it's fine when he's, he's basically like, you've got. What does he say? He, he drops them, doesn't he? He drops them. You know, uh, the the bad guys. He says, oh, I've left your the... weapons there. They're only a mile away, uh, and the GI Joes are four miles away." But he keeps on going on about you taking their pins out yeah, of their weapons pins, all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, but they are trackers and you are not. And then I love yeah. those final three panels because you see the four it, Joes in the distance. Punches in. And then the next yeah. one's a mid-shot. And the last one is basically a close-up of snake eyes with the, some sort of weasel skulls with firing pins around his neck. So even, oh, yeah, even if they do no, find uh, their guns, they're absolutely screwed. I, I wasn't into that weasel, the necklace thing. What was that? No. Um, what was that like? The he was like, "Don't worry, I'm all right. I've got this on." Yeah, there's something my... <laughs> praise to the weasel god or something. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, not for me this one because I I wanted it to be something different. I wanted it to be a bit more grounded. I think right. Um, but I, I you know, I, anything in the snow gets me, so it was cool. Yeah, and all the setup was brilliant. I just didn't like the execution right. after they got into the um into that shack. Yeah. And there was this Eskimo wandering around, right? But um, you know, you can't have Cobra in every every one. No, no. I mean, I what what are you giving it then? What are you saying? Oh, five, five, five. Although I will say that the cover's going to actually take a lot to beat for me. It's one of my favorite. Yeah, it, I don't know. The cover didn't. I, think that's I thought the cover on cover. one was better than the cover on two. I think it's basically if I was when I was younger and I was playing with the toys, I'd always go snow. Like, I'd get white towels out. I was just obsessed with, like, army in the snow. Yeah. So that cover just gets me. Yeah, yeah. I mean... I think it's exciting. I mean, yeah, I'll probably go six and a half, I think, maybe. Or if we don't do halves, I'll probably have to go seven. I liked it. I'll go seven. I'll go seven. You, Stick my no, neck you can't, out. You can't have a half nah, of seven. that. Seven. Seven Yojos. Yojo cola. Seven Yojos. Um yeah, I'm just, seven, I'm just, yeah? I'm just, we're not, I know we're not doing three till next episode, but I'm just looking at the cover to three. And, uh, I don't know if I just, if it's a big giant robot shooting people. So I'm immediately like, oh my God, this is going to be junk because this is not what I want G.I. Joe to be. 
And I haven't, Maybe, I haven't read it. I haven't read this for a while. I try and well, I try and do a complete reread of one to 155 plus the special missions once every two years. I try and do a complete read through. Right. Um, but it, it's has it been two years? It might have even been two and a half years. So this is I'm playing catch up and three. I remember actually really liking the one. It's called the Trojan Gambit, and uh, I remember really liking it. But um, we will have to find out next episode what we think yeah. of that one um, five i mean five is low for issue two i guess but yeah. i still had fun still had great fun reading it yeah exactly exactly it's awesome you can't you know just have to um well i was gonna say hope it gets better but no they're fine yeah I, and and these I, these I, a lot of these about... a lot of these early ones are kind of one and dones you know uh yeah. once i need an arc once yeah exactly i know you love an arc once i do once we get to that uh, start of what I call the peak period of the early 20s when shit is going to go down big style uh, that is when you know Storm Shadow showing up and Destro well, Destro's already shown up but you know you get all these yeah. characters just start the backstories and the interlinking and the absolutely improbable connections between these characters uh, yeah. which I'm willing you get the big icons you get the big and... icons and it becomes more like a soap opera you know that yep. just happens to be military based soap opera rather than these heavily kind of military focused storylines um yeah that, they're, that's, they're just, that's when it really oh the oh the juice i can't wait i honestly can't yeah wait. they're just shoving stuff down the pipe at the moment and you know they're just figuring it out and yeah. you can literally you can see that as you're yeah. you know reading them but um okay that's good what we're gonna do we're gonna do two are we going to do two a week, or how do you feel? Do you um, think two's good? I'd like to do more, if possible, just because I want to get through the material as quick as possible, because I want to read it as quick as possible. Uh, you, want, <laughs> but, um, you want to get through these early ones? No, I want to get through them all. I just, <laughs> well, I, no, I, you're, giving them, you're giving them sevens. Yeah, I, I, well, I, I'm conscious of the fact that there's about a million G.I. Joe comics out there, and we want to get through them all, and we don't want to take 20 years to do it. Um, so I'm I'm happy. To, what we what we uh, you know if we I think three I think three. All right, let's do three. All right, three. It would be fun to carry on now and talk about three. I think three is good. We'll do three, and if we get the opportunity, if we get enough uh, listener response, and they want more, then we can always potentially chuck in uh, a bonus content episode um, during the, during the week and and cover like some action force or you know yearbooks or or add on comics or things like that. So uh, we'll stick to three a week for the time being with the potential of some more content yeah i'm interested in our listenership who i mean gi joe what do you reckon our reach is going to be well that's that's a good one because uh i've got a few friends who are big gi joe fans and i know they will be listening if they're not i am gonna unfriend them everywhere um i was speaking to <laughs> another friend that i do a lot of board gaming with and we're you got a lot of friends well I, i've mentioned <laughs> uh, three i think but uh, we were um talking about uh, the other day about designing a gi joe board game do it and um really really want to do that and he kind of was worried about gi joe as a theme because to, he's he's not a gi joe fan he's a big board gaming fan and the type of game we were going to make he is very into uh but he was concerned that that gi joe is completely for kids he said is it going to help us sell a board game just by slapping a gi joe tag on it um hmm. And well, you're de- it's definitely niche. It's definitely niche because, sure. I mean, you know, it's Hasbro, but it's definitely not got that as much retro appeal as, like, Transformers now. You know, Yeah, but Transformers or, is, a, is a 
an IP that continues to. I guess um, it is. I mean, yeah, there were a couple of GI Joe movies, you know, and I don't think they were aimed at kids necessarily. But I don't know. No. I don't know when they when they put those when they made those movies. What, who were they I mean, thinking? With these who who were they thinking are going to watch these GI Joe movies when they made people them? like uh, people like us and hopefully a, a bunch of. Um, kids from a yeah. new generation yeah, and the new, unfortunately and the new, i don't think that happened no a new generation <laughs> no no it didn't but um th- then another friend turned up when we were doing some board gaming the other day and i said friend number four friend number four uh if i count you five um and mrs uh no not mrs she's not my friend uh <laughs> i'm joking uh not really um anyway he turned up and i kind of said to him what's your view of gi joe do you think it's kiddie and he said definitely not he said i would have done he said until you lent me the idw comics there's we'll get to them eventually um the idw did a series called cobra and it was it was kind of like you know donnie brasco it was undercover it was nice. chuckles went undercover as cobra and he got so deep undercover he almost he didn't know which way was up or down he did not know which way was that he could he didn't know the shit or wind his watch to steal a phrase from it's Stone like Cold steve austin yeah it's so like um and that when crockett goes undercover in miami vice yeah i tried watching that the other day takes a pop at tubs it. yeah <laughs> uh, but yeah so that you know and he's like that is proper you know that's not aimed at kids at all but obviously but that's dude, a very no, niche those idw game. comics were a bit niche um, Your board game is not going to be aimed at kids. There's no way. It's way too, no, it's way too technical. Yeah, cor- or, uh, yeah correct. Know, what do you call a kid? Well, no, what it's probably going to be, you know, ages, I don't know, ages 12 and up or something like that. I don't know. but Because uh, yeah. I play a lot of Star Wars Imperial Assault, which is a one-on-one skirmish game uh, with minifigures, etc., dice rolling, moving around uh, modular boards, etc. And we're kind of thinking that kind of, that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, I don't think it would necessarily... You know, we're not going for the kid market, most most certainly. But is there enough of a fan base out there that would yeah. want a GI Joe board game? I've all that's what I've always been. I think yes, I think GI Joe fans in. will enjoy it. But I also think that just wargaming skirmish style fans aren't going to be turned off. Oh, look, it's got that kiddie GI Joe theme. I'm not interested. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think there would definitely be interested interest in it. Um, if it's you know branded correctly, etc. But I mean that's a long way down. That's a long way down the line. We're well, every few um, episodes, I'll uh, check back in with your board game. Yes, do do, <laughs> and I'll let you know if the progress is strong <laughs> or weak. See when it gets off the ground. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think <laughs> probably right, from the next episode on, we will hopefully have a few links that people can. I re- thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say, hopefully we'll have a few listeners. Yeah, well, hopefully that as well. Hopefully that as well. Uh, hopefully we'll we'll be able to tell people where they can. Actually, you might need to uh, edit and tag on at the end where people can find us and download and subscribe, etc. And then hopefully from next week, we might have some Twitter handles, some uh, contact uh, email addresses, etc. Maybe, yeah. maybe even set up an Instagram, post pictures of... Uh, Cover. ideally i think the idea would be if i was listening to something like this you've got to be reading along with us yeah i think yeah that's that's the idea isn't yep. it okay yeah no that sounds good so maybe what we can do is we can let readers know uh, an episode in advance what we will be reading so you know next episode we will be reading issues three four and five so if you want to go yep. ahead and dig those out have a read so that when we're chatting about it you know what we're talking about. Otherwise, it's just two guys talking a load of bollocks. Uh, and if you haven't read the comics or the issues, you won't know what's you going on. You never get that time back. And then you'll you never, never get, get that time back. back. And you are definitely not listening again. And you're not telling your friends. So, so 
can you do the maths on so if we do three issues a week yep. um at, just from the marvel run yep. how how long is that going to take well it's going to be about a year i guess to go through those 155 issues but don't forget we've got the 28 special missions as well plus the four yearbooks so holy smoke i don't know i reckon we can squeeze it into a year because uh, when we walk, that would be quite neat. What, so we should definitely we might aim do, to have it done yeah. for this, like Christmas, Christmas no. 2019. And don't forget, we there's possibilities when you know if your missus goes out and my missus goes out, we can record a bonus episode on a Saturday or something like that and squeeze some more in. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, forgot about the kids there. Actually, I don't know, but um, yeah, and also, um, yeah. No, I forgot what I was going to say. Brain, brain, brain fart. freeze. Yeah, yeah. I'm up in the loft. I'm up recording the loft, and it's absolutely Baltic up here. I'm freezing my knackers off. Is so, that, does that mean? Does that mean you've got a good loft or a bad loft? It, is it, it meant? It's meant to be. It means when I re. No, it's good. That's good because that means all the heat is in your house. Well, I think it's also bad because it means when I insulated the rafters several months ago, I didn't do a good job, but. I don't. What do you insulate them with? Uh, this stuff called superfoil. It's like a massive blanket of silvery foil that you that you uh, staple to the rafters. Okay. I'll take some pictures. God, it, must, it must look like NASA up there. I'll take some pictures. I'll post it on there. Uh, if we finally get a uh, a site where people can come and look at some of the images yeah. from the comics, I'll post it up there and you can have a look. Yeah. Also, I'd like a temperature check. Yes. Good shout. Because it's, it's only going to get colder. It's only going to get colder. Yeah, I can't do it. <laughs> right, I can't buddy. do it downstairs because the missus is going to moan at me. What's all this talk about GI Joe rubbish? So I don't really want that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, buddy. I'll see you next week. Right. Take care, everyone. See you Thanks. later.